I've never regretted anything I've told a caller, ever. Wow. So be that confident. As a matter of fact, I've regretted not going hard enough. <laughs> Dear Shandy. Welcome back to Dear Shandy, listeners. Hello, Andy. Hello. You look very dapper right now. And you look uh, incredibly ravishing. Ravishing. Wow. Thank mm -hmm. you. So we are clearly in a celebratory mood today. And that is because today is our dear Shandy, dear Shandy's anniversary. One year. That's right. This podcast is officially one year old. And yeah, we're very excited to celebrate with you guys, our Shandies. And so on Instagram, we asked you guys to submit questions for us. They could be about our relationship or about the podcast or just what this last year's journey has yes. looked like for us. This amazing journey. And I have to say, our fans really delivered with questions. And, and can I just say our fans are the best fans? Everyone says this, but I really mean <laughs> it. I mean it. It is from the heart. Yeah, I agree. You guys are the best you see us more than like we, we see, see each other <laughs> yeah. or definitely more than we see us. I, I still don't see me. Yeah. No, I feel very seen by the Shandies in a way that I don't think I would have ever been able to see myself. Yeah. More sense. than our friends. No offense to any of our friends. Way more than our friends. Yeah. It's kind of nuts. Anyway, we love you guys. <laughs> yeah. We love Seriously, you. You're great. And we're going to get to your questions after, after a toast. This little, to you, our Shandies. We're Thanks, not big guys. bubbly drinkers, but... No, but we'll have a sip. When in Rome. Just, just to make it official. <sighs> so these questions are fantastic. I have them in no particular order, and there mm. were some repeats, so some of them I've lumped together with various questions, but there's no order here. Okay. Question number one. Where did the motivation for the podcast to begin? Were you just wanting to share the beginning of your relationship? Hmm. No. <laughs> No, we weren't. <laughs> no. <laughs> so the story behind the How We Met episode, I mean, there's, there's a whole saga there. Mm -hmm. First of all, the motivation behind the podcast. Let's be clear. It began with you giving amazing relationship advice to my single girlfriends mm -hmm. to the point where you were sought out for it. Mm -hmm. Like over dinner, when they came over, when we went out, somehow Andy would be off in a corner with one of my friends talking them through a breakup. <laughs> Has any of it worked? <laughs> Well, to be honest, in retrospect, they all say you were right about everything, oh, whether it took well, that, them a year to get good. there or three years. As to long get there. as I'm right. <laughs> that's all you care about. <laughs> yeah. So there was that. And if you want more details about the history behind this, like the format of the podcast and how we get questions and answer mm -hmm. them, I did do a blog post about this when we launched. So one year ago, I did a blog post called starting a podcast. <laughs> and so I will link that in the description, but that sort of gives you the bare bones. But the how we met story really came about because we were being asked that on a daily basis, right. no exaggeration mm -hmm. on Instagram, in person, yeah. people we knew, people we didn't know. Everyone wanted to know how we met. Yeah. But they couldn't believe I could land you. There was like, how was this possible? <laughs> what crazy thing happened? That's silly. But it, <laughs> ridiculous. we thought that would be just a nice opener, sort of an introduction to the world. Yeah. But some fun BTS behind that first episode is it was actually our second take. Yeah. We did an entire How We Met episode about two months before that. Mm hmm. And it never saw the light of day. No, we both thought it stunk. 
We both thought it stunk. That being said, we think, well, Charlene thinks every episode stinks after we do it. I think it's just fine. So we both average out at about, you know, below average for everything (laughs) we do. It's a great way to live. It's totally true. I do think every episode sucks after we wrap. Except sometimes a caller, sometimes a love fest. I don't feel that way. But a lot of times when it's just us, I have a tendency to be like, that was awful. Which is how I am with singing, too. Yeah. A lot of tendency. Yeah. A heavy tendency. Yeah. <laughs> but it's okay. I'm the same with singing. It's okay. It, it drives you to constantly better yourself, even when you have bettered yourself. It's a curse, a blessing and a curse. Indeed. So we did that first episode and it never saw the light of day no. because I decided it stunk. Yes. And then the podcast equipment yeah, languished I was, under the stairs. I was done. I was like, we, we tried. We mm-hmm. failed apparently. And I was getting really tired of seeing this pile of podcast equipment just sitting there. Yeah. And I was like, can you please sell this equipment? Can we just get this out of the house? Like I'll list it. Just, just let me do it. And you're like, no, just hold on. We'll get to it. And you kept kind of pushing it off. Yeah. And I didn't know why. I wanted to give it another go, I guess. Yeah. I, I just didn't, I felt like so much had been building up to it. And it was like now or never because it was a pandemic. I never would have had the time to start this no. in normal times. Yeah, your singing career was was completely on hold. And still kind of is and in yeah, some ways. Yeah, it's still quasi on hold. Yeah. But um, it was just a dead period. Mm-hmm. And so we gave it another go one day. I refused to get rid of the equipment and we gave yeah. it one more go. And it was slightly below average. <laughs> and we said, yes. And honestly... I, I was just ready to send that out in the world. And I did a story saying, we're starting this podcast, oh, yeah. like come hell or high water, it's happening. Mm-hmm. And then Gabby, our lovely producer, yes. she DM'd me because it turned out she was a longtime follower of mine. Yeah. And she wrote me and was like, I'm a podcast producer. Why don't you show me what you've got? And then I sent her the first 20 minutes because I was too shy to send her more. Amazing. And she watched it and said, this is great. You guys have a great dynamic. And I was like... I didn't even know what that meant. I, I was know. like, when she, it's kind of did it. kind of went through my ears. Yeah, it's like great dynamic. What is that? Does she just mean she liked the podcast? <laughs> yeah. Like, what does that mean? I know what you mean. The word dynamic. We've gotten that a lot, and we're incredibly flattered. But it's also just our reality, and so yeah. I don't think we had the distance from us to recognize what other people might find compelling. I guess. Yeah. Yes. So So, apparently our dynamic is compelling. Apparently. So yeah, we finally sent out that episode and it was well received. Yeah. And in those weeks leading up to that, I was coming up with ideas of wanting caller episodes. I wanted to to do love fests Mm -hmm. to incorporate the bachelor world. But an idea that came about while the podcast had already begun was Q&As. Yeah. Because we did not plan on doing that. That felt... I don't know. I just had never planned on sitting here in the living room and doing those. But we got so many questions, far too many to answer Mm -hmm. as caller episodes. Plus, we learned a lot of people didn't want to come on. Yeah. Understandably. Like 80% don't want to come on. I could. I I get that. Yeah. I kind of get it, too. I have to admit, if I... I I sometimes don't want to come on. (laughs) I mean, half the time, I don't want to come on. So, yeah. And then we just sort of... It's been kind of getting molded and shaped as time has gone on. But yeah, we've kind of gone off topic a bit. But to answer the question, no, it was not just us wanting to share our relationship. We really just got asked that question so much. Mm -hmm. And it felt like the most like getting to know us way to start a podcast, I guess. Yeah. And again, if you want to know more about the motivation, then I will put that link in the description. Question number two. 
Who are your dream guests? Mm, I know who mine I know. are. Yes. I think our dream guests are all love fest guests, right? But I think we both have the same dream guests. I have a... Unless you have a different one. I have three. Okay, go ahead. But I know that one is the same as yours. So Uh, John Legend and Chrissy Teigen, obviously. John Legend, Chrissy Teigen, my number one guest, period. I don't got a second place. We were wooed by... Where are you guys? (laughs) Come to Shandy. Yeah, our secret goal is to one day not have to do bachelor couples because there's just some couples that we want to know all about. And we fell in love with John Legend and Chrissy Teigen when we learned that they do escape rooms too. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. We don't have to get into the nitty gritty, but we want we want you guys. I like the way I'm talking to John Legend. It's like they're watching. They're like, oh my God, they're asking us to be on their podcast finally. Yeah, yeah but anyway, if you guys are listening, yeah, come on. So my, my other ones are Stephen Colbert and his wife, Evelyn. Oh, good luck with that. <laughs> and my As other- if that's <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh, John Legend and Chrissy Teigen easy. Colbert. And also Sarah Michelle Geller and Freddie Prince Jr. I think that might be doable. I don't know about that. It's like sort of a backhanded. Um, that's like a front-handed insult to them. Like, oh, forget about those guys. But yeah, Sarah Michelle Geller and Freddie Prince easy. Of course, they can come on the podcast. I mean, it would be my dream to have Buffy on the podcast. And well, you had a Buffy website that you made, you created and mm-hmm. built a Buffy website without yes. any solicitation when you were in high school <laughs> yep. or college. Yeah. And it high was school. reasonably successful. It was for a while, one of the top 10 Buffy the Vampire Slayer websites online. That's amazing. <laughs> According to some Were there list. more than 10 Buffy the Vampire websites online? <laughs> <laughs> there were many. And my host was GeoCities. Do you remember GeoCities? Uh, yes. Wow. GeoCities. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. Anyway, those are the dreams. Maybe one day. Yeah. Maybe one day. You can get there. Okay. So what are our favorite episodes to record? We both agree on this. Caller episodes. Yeah. We do like the caller episodes. Yeah. I think that they're our favorite just in terms of like our personalities we don't necessarily want to talk about ourselves, yeah. you know, like an episode, like how you proposed. That was actually, I was very jittery going into that one. And even yeah. this one, I'm a little like over talking about ourselves. It's a lot yeah, easier to talk too. about yourself, like in an anecdotal, we're answering a different question kind of way. Sure. But caller episodes are the best. Yeah. When they land, sometimes, sometimes they don't land. Yeah. Sometimes it's just the question's not specific enough or the person kind of changes their question midstream yes. and we have to adjust and there's not information that's not there. We'll get to that. Yeah. But, um, but I, my, for me as a close, as a close second are good love fests. Yeah. A good love fest is yeah. the, possibly the best. A good but- love fest, a good love fest is better than a good caller, but an average love fest is not as good as an average caller. Completely agree on all fronts. What I also like about caller episodes is that we can just go in blind. Like I've read the email maybe weeks ago, but there's no note taking. There's no reading someone's book. There's no, no like scouring their Instagrams to make sure you have all the details. There's just something very raw. And plus, I love meeting the person. Yeah. So caller episodes. Definitely. But sometimes love fests. Sometimes. (laughs) Okay. Question number four. Andy, you knew this one was coming. What does Andy do for a living? More about Andy in general, exclamation mark. (sighs) Everyone wants to know all about you. I already have anxiety about this whole episode. (laughs) Now you're asking me like, Deep personal things now. I'm not getting into it. I choose to remain private, not for any reason. What I do is not weird at all. It's perfectly respectable <laughs> yes, and yeah. the, the business thing. 
But um, I don't I don't think I need everyone to know this stuff. I, I just don't I don't that. even sometimes like on a first date, I wouldn't I would avoid the topic because I don't like especially on a first date. I don't like someone trying to sort of assess me mm -hmm. based on what I do. Yeah. Because I never really care that much what people do. I want to know what they are. Yes. That sounded really like, you know, <laughs> hokey. But no, it's true. I don't care. Like, I sort of care. I want to know, like, on day two what you do just to make sure it's something insane yeah. or, or, you know, see if it's something really cool. But I don't need everyone to know what I do. But we can confirm he is not the Andy Levine, the TV producer that shows up when you Google Andy Levine. That's correct. I am not a 61-year-old TV producer. <laughs> Nor am I a 61-year-old or it, a TV producer. Either one of those. None yeah. of that. And I'm not a professional wrestler either, but I'm sure by the pictures you can gather that Andy Levine, the professional wrestler, is not me. <laughs> but not because of my size. <laughs> because I could, I could handle those guys. I just use trickery. It's amazing how often that question has come up. And I don't know whether... Like, I get why you don't want to answer it. And I've always, from the get-go, been like, you can be as private as you want because... I understand that, like, I don't consider myself a public figure, but I'm not a totally private figure either. Yeah. And you did not sign up for that when we got together. No. I already, the world knows already way too much about oh, me. Oh, yeah. Like, I'd like to reserve <laughs> just a few things. And, and just so you know, what I do is not either really weird or super cool. It's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. It's um, not boring, though. It's not boring, but it's not like you're like, oh, well, maybe some people think, think it's, it's kind of cool. cool. It's pretty, it's I think cool. it's cool. But it's not like... It's, it's not something I'm embarrassed about. And it's not something I'm like, I feel like all my dreams in life have been fulfilled by this career. Yeah. But I feel no need for people to know. No, nope, I completely respect So stop that. asking. <laughs> You'll never know until you do a deep Google search. <laughs> so more about Andy in general. Do yep. you want to talk about, I mean, you're born and raised in New York City. That's pretty rare. Yep. Born and raised in New York City. Um, I've had many actual careers in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I, uh, I like, I like cats. <laughs> I also like dogs, but I have a preference for cats. What I like about cats is, is the lack of neediness. So I feel like your answer to this question shows everyone how you don't like to talk about yourself. I don't. But suffice to say, Andy is born and raised in Manhattan. He went to elementary school here, high school here. You, uh, you are a true Manhattaner. Yeah. As you can probably tell by just your entire being. Because everyone who meets you says you're the most New York person they have ever met. Wow. I, uh, I take that as a compliment. <laughs> but I, I do feel like New York is in my blood. My parents were from Manhattan. My grandparents were from Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And my great-grandparents yeah. came to Manhattan from a horrible place in Russia. So it doesn't get much more New York than that. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to know what a true New York looks like, you're looking at it. Eh? Eh? <laughs> okay, moving on. Question number six. I love the peaks at your apartment visually and what you tell us. For example, the skylight over the bed. I love your taste. I always mm. wonder what Andy had done before Charlene joined the space and if you two navigate decor equally and agree or if one cares more and gets more say. <laughs> I like how you picked this question. <laughs> Of all the questions you could have picked. It's funny how this one got picked. Yeah. Uh, let's just say that I don't participate greatly in At the all. decor of the apartment. Uh, mm, yes. The apartment had great bones when I first met you. I do the plants. Andy maintains the plants. And look at these plants. Look. 
That's a delightful plant. So lush. That's a, that's five-year-old plant. This is a happy, happy plant. Happy plant. And the plants really do lend, I think, to the vibe of the apartment. Mm-hmm. But I would say, oh, oh, handy stuff. You do handy stuff. Are, are you trying to patronize me now? I'm not. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is that it's decorated by me and all renovations we've done have been my brain children. Yes, Charlene gets full credit. I've done some basic contracting work to make her dreams come true, but she gets full credit. Yes. She's I've... good at what she does. Charlene is extremely capable. I will say that if I could define you in one way, it's like not out of this relationship, not emotionally. <laughs> if I just wasn't in love with you, I would say that capable is what you are. You give a job to her, she could have no idea how to do that job. In one week, that job will be done better than someone who does it for a living. I don't know about that. But I'm not a designer. I'm not an interior decorator or anything. But I just know what I like. And I feel that has sort of translated into the decor of this apartment. Yes, you win. Nice, nice work on that question. (laughs) Yeah. What has been the biggest challenge in having a podcast? This is a big one. Hmm. One year in the rear view. What does that look like? Okay, so I have a couple, and then you can jump in. Mm. A first one is growth. I think our podcast has grown reasonably well in one year, but I don't think I fully understood just how hard it is to grow a podcast. Yeah, it is not easy. No, it is not. Not that we've tried that hard. No, we, we're not. Well, here's the thing. The ways you grow a podcast are through ways that are not really natural to our personalities. So kind of putting yourself out there, marketing, like going on other podcasts all the time and just sort of being out there all the time and having a TikTok account and doing all these things. And I just sort of like to sit in my perch and make a good product. But it's not, I do think it's partly a meritocracy, like a good product. You have to be good to be lucky. But I also think you need to put yourself out there to grow. I agree. And we are, we, we, we lack the level of shamelessness that I think (laughs) could really get us great success. I agree with that. I often wish that one of us, preferably you, was more shameless so that we didn't sort of get wrapped up in, oh, that looks bad. Oh, that looks, I feel self-conscious about that. Yeah. I dabble in shamelessness. You're better than me. I have a good amount of shame. You have a decent amount of shame and I have like... Yeah. Enough shame to go around. Yeah. Anyone wants shame? I have yeah, shame. We've we got some to spare if you're in need. Yeah. Uh, another one for me is just the constant battle of offending people. And it's not like I didn't know this was a possibility. Like on Instagram, you know, I'll have an Instagram post and someone will be offended by something. Or It's I've, really amazing that there's someone who's offended by everything. There's always everything. somebody. Yeah. I have been shocked when I say shocked I mean like blood drained from my face like can't sleep at night crying because I can't like I don't ever want to offend anyone but it also feels like a year you know a year in it often feels completely impossible not to it's impossible without here's the thing okay maybe you cannot offend people but then you completely dilute your product and it's not funny anymore it's not true to us this is what I will say this is and we, we will leave it on this yeah I have seen videos of literally baby koalas on YouTube, <laughs> like a baby koala, like fumbling with like some a piece of bamboo, like just rolling around being a baby koala. Nothing else going on in that video. 30 seconds. Easy. Quick. 
It's got like 600 downvotes. <laughs> Who are these people? Yeah, I wonder. And I have to admit, every time we get a downvote, even though I know there are way more upvotes and that's what I should be focusing on, I'm a sensitive person. And when I see a downvote, my heart, it hurts my heart every time. And, yeah. and so, yeah, even a baby koala video. And here's a fun fact about Andy. He loves waves. I love waves. You, giant, not just any wave. <laughs> Let's be clear here. I love giant waves, ocean waves. Yes. But giant. The, but my point in mentioning that is you'll often watch right. YouTube videos of giant waves. This is what he does at night. It helps me go to sleep. I watch videos of, of some of the great big wave surfers. Mm -hmm. uh, Kai Lenny is one of my favorites. Shout out to Kai Lenny if he wants to come on the podcast. I don't know what we talk about. <laughs> talk about waves. Does he have a, a girlfriend? I don't know, but he's a good looking guy okay. and real cool. Okay. I mean, he's like a fucking, he surfs 70 foot waves and he's good yeah. looking and he's young. I mean, come he's on, this guy cool. doesn't, he's not having trouble with the ladies. He doesn't know how not to be cool. He has no idea. Anyway, I watched these, these videos and sometimes a video of literally all it is, is this guy about to catch a wave that in your nightmares, it doesn't even, your nightmares don't match up to how big and scary this wave is. Gets on the wave surfs it it crashes behind him would kill 99.9 .9 of any human on earth no matter how good a swimmer they are if that fell on them pulls out of it gets out done it's wave perfection. over a thousand down <laughs> this is what i will say i think youtube should change their policy with down votes i think that every down vote needs to have an explanation <laughs> Like if you can downvote, you can downvote as much as you want, but you need to have an explanation and you need to have your, your address, your name, your phone number, and your social security number <laughs> next to it. But you should explain, why did you do this? Is it because you want to burn the world down? Is it because you hate everybody? Do you have a personal vendetta with Kai Lenny? Or do you have a personal <laughs> vendetta with the ocean? Yeah, or with baby did koalas. Did a big wave hurt you? Yeah. Emotionally. Yeah, in which case, why are you watching YouTube videos about them? I want to know. Adavot doesn't do anything. Like, good, have fun with that. Seriously. Like, what? <laughs> like, he's not doing anything. Good luck. Good luck with you. And you're downvoting. <laughs> On anything, not just our video. Anyone who downvotes a koala video <laughs> or a giant wave video, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Moving on. All I'm saying is that's the kind of thing that keeps me up at night and causes me to ruminate and spend hours longer editing than I probably should. Be and Andy knows. I'm like, should we cut this? Should we cut this? Should we cut this? I'm constantly wondering if I should cut things. I mark them in the mango color on yeah, Adobe yeah, Premiere yeah, yeah. and I have him come back and look at it because I'm like, do you think people will be offended by this? I, in many ways, I don't think I have the personality for this, to be honest. She's asked me, sometimes she's asked me if someone would be offended by something that I can't even say. It's so embarrassing how unoffensive it is. <laughs> and I don't even know what to tell you. Like, I feel like I have to, I have to console you. Like, it's okay. You can say things that one out of a million people might be upset by. You can I, do it. I feel like maybe I'm getting a bit better at it, but if I could s flick a switch in my brain and care less, I would absolutely do it. And I would be the first person to flick that switch yes, you would. if there was a switch. And to tie into that, I guess another challenge is feeling like you, you, know, you make an hour-long product mm -hmm. and then one thing is said in that hour one word, one phrase, one thing is said, whether by us or by someone else, and that's what people focus on. Well, it's on. a pass-fail. 
There's no grade. It's like you don't get a 95. You get a fail or a pass. Like you said, 95% was great, but this one thing you did I didn't like, so you suck. Yeah, I found that also a struggle is when, and I've gotten DMs about it. Like, I loved this episode except this. And then there's a whole message about how upset that person is about that. And I'm kind of like, but you loved everything else. Is that what you're going to focus on? It's just difficult. But you know what? In the end, this is the cost of putting yourself out there. And I am totally fine with it. Bring it on. Bring it on. (laughs) Outliers. Bring it on. Okay. I have two more challenges and I swear we'll move on from this question. So one is that I think the first six to eight months of our podcast, it was basically having a podcast was basically asking for favors of people. Oh yeah. Which is not in my personality. No, that's tough. No one likes that. No. Yeah. So guests, love fest guests whenever we had anyone on you know you're trying to grow a podcast it's small people aren't really getting that much out of coming on your podcast you're basically asking for favors and i really struggled with that so anyone considering starting a podcast wrap your mind around that now because it's a reality Mm -hmm. and finally the technical side of things yeah it's a lot of work it's a lot of work i do everything here in the apartment every wire every camera every ring light every piece of equipment it's just it's a lot so it's been very challenging a lot of answers to that question okay has there ever been a time you've really disagreed during a podcast and had to talk about it later not really i think very infrequently yeah i think you guys see when we disagree, we're open to disagreeing yeah. while we're rolling. And I think there's that early Q&A that we really disagreed on. It was that girl who was dating the celebrity and what steps she should take. Mm-hmm. And we, I think we spent like 45 minutes going back and forth disagreeing with each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. And what I've learned actually is people like it when we disagree. <laughs> I know we should try to disagree more. The problem is we usually agree. Yeah. But sometimes also with a caller, you know, we have slightly different takes. Well, the question, the answer is no, because we've never no. like had after a call, like, you know, I really disagree with what you said. It's never happened. Yeah. And it's kind of, a, I think, a function of our of how we answer questions is we will take our time. We will spend 10 minutes or an hour answering one question. And it's we leave it all out there. No. We rarely after we wrap go back to talking about it anymore. Yeah, We've juiced that lemon <laughs> pretty good. It's been juiced. We interrupt this program to bring you a very, very special announcement. Regarding two Shandies listening right now. It couldn't be more appropriate that this is in our anniversary episode. Mm -hmm. Because hopefully, these two Shandies, one year from today, will be celebrating their own anniversary. Mm. (laughs) So this pair of Shandies actually shares some similarities to us. One of them is named Andy. (laughs) And the other one, like me, is an Enneagram 4. So they met in 2013 at a Time Flies concert. And at the end of the night, the female Shandy asked the male Shandy to change his Facebook status Uh to inner relationship, saying they were official. And he said, uh, sure. (laughs) Leela, it is our utmost pleasure and honor to assist Andy in making this announcement. Andy wants you to know that it's finally his turn to ask you to change your relationship status. You two graduated together, moved across the country together, started your careers together, were even co-workers together for a year, suffered through the CFA together, and after 18 months of couple quarantining together, it's hopefully finally time to take the next step. And if all goes according to plan, enjoy enjoy your your wedding wedding in in Hawaii. Hawaii. We eagerly await the good news. 
How much time do we spend preparing to answer listeners' quandaries? It seems like Charlene is the primary reader slash selector of the questions and that Andy more or less wings it. But your answers are so good, it's hard to imagine that you haven't prepped at all. Do you prepare talking points beforehand or is it all off the cuff? I will handle this one (laughs) as I reveal my flamingo socks. It is 100% off the cuff. I actually have a problem preparing things because if I prepare anything... You suck. Yeah, I suck. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a terrible actor. Andy's the worst actor in the world. He can't fake it. And even times where we've started a question, maybe we weren't in the right mood, we try to use it again later, it's used. We can't use the question again because you're like, you're just not, you get in your head, you're just not... I actually insist that Charlene doesn't reveal any questions to me ever before an episode. I don't want to know anything about the questions. I don't even want to know that we're doing a QA and a necessarily. Sometimes <laughs> I sit down and I'm not sure if we're doing a Q&A or a recap. It just happens to be a QA. and a Yeah, you really are in the dark about everything. And for me, I don't prepare talking points. I do read every single question we receive and I do select them. But I read it that one time and mm-hmm. I put it in a folder and then I, I'm like, oh, this is a nice selection there's good variety here but i don't prep because we really bounce off each other a lot and Mm -hmm. so i don't like to be like this is where i'm going with this oftentimes honestly i think i have an idea of how we'll answer a question we answer it totally differently when we get talking about it i think what happens is we actually in talking about it we figure out we land where we should yeah like if we prepared it then we would commit to whatever it is. And then maybe in talking about it prepared, we'd be like, wait a minute, this doesn't feel right. It should be the other way. Yeah. So it's best to just wing it. We wing everything. There yeah. is nothing that's unwinged yes. on this podcast. We do have... Un- unwinged? We have questions. We have questions for Love Fest guests. Mm-hmm. We have questions for our guests. Hot Topics Hot guests. Topics guests. Yeah. We have questions for Q&A, obviously, mm-hmm. for your questions. But that's it. We don't prepare anything. No. Nope. Which I think is part of the charm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I would be terrible. I would be yeah. absolutely terrible because I overthink it. If I know what I'm going to say, then it becomes like I'm an actor. And I, I to be honest, I'm not, I'm not a good actor. <laughs> no, you're not. not. You're not. Actually, I wasn't going to do this next question in this order, but that makes me think of this. Have you learned anything new about each other that wouldn't come up without the podcast? I think that for me. Like... A lot of people, I think, are they think that a lot more is planned than it is, but actually it's so unplanned that that's been the challenge. It's like if we use a question part way and then decide that it's not the right fit, we cannot use it again. It's constantly being kept fresh and new. And so for me, that has been something I've learned about you. And I both love that and don't love it because it's this extra thing I have to navigate. Because you just can't fake it. But I also love that about you because it just means that you're not a ham and you're you just are the you're your best self when you're not prepared. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're just raw. You're good that way. Raw. raw. Yeah. Okay, do you have one for me? I do. And it's just a, a compliment. It's just like you're an amazing operator. Like you just I, I honestly think that if we went to a top flight production company to do this podcast, they would have done a much, much less good job than you. Oh, that's nice. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Like there's no, I have no question that you did this the best it could be done. 
With, I guess, what I have at my disposal. With what you have. Yeah, sure. If we had like CNN's production team, (laughs) like amazing flashing graphics and just high quality video. But no, you are, again, just so incredibly capable. I'm I'm blown away by your capability. (laughs) Competence, I think, is the word. Yeah, competence. Thank you, husband. That's sweet. How did you convince Andy to do the podcast with you? This one always cracks me up. I get this kind of a lot, actually, especially with regards to the Bachelor recaps. People seem to think that I had to coerce you into doing this podcast with me. No, I think this is a mutual decision. Definitely mutual. And actually, since we've begun, I think you've been more the driving force because I'm the one that's always got one foot out the door. Like, let's stop. No one likes this. This sucks. Yeah, that's true. I'm the one that's wanted to quit. And you're the one that's like, no, keep going, keep going. Honestly, and this is going to sound really corny, but our fans, you guys keep like, it makes me feel like there's a reason to keep doing this. Yes. Like I would believe me if we, if you guys were in, I know everyone says this, but it's so true. Like what motivation would we have? No. We don't sitting around talking about ourselves or relationships. Yeah. I mean, yeah, occasionally here and there if it's necessary, but we, I feel the obligation to you guys to keep doing this. And I don't, it's not a, it's not, it's a labor of love. I enjoy it Mm -hmm. and I enjoy doing it for you. But if you guys weren't there and weren't the way you were, Mm -hmm. I know you would have quit and I would have been like, this is becoming self-indulgent. Yeah. I do think there's a point with a podcast where if you don't feel like you're helping people, making an impact, that you're building a community of like-minded people who enjoy what you have to say, then there does reach a point where it is a little... Absolutely. I don't I don't want to self-indulgent isn't the right word, but maybe a different personality would feed off that and be like challenge accepted. But for me, I would be like, I have to stop like this is I, this isn't good Absolutely. for my psyche. If, if you're not helping people in some way, mm-hmm. what's the point? But to answer the question, do I have to convince you, Andy, to do this podcast? No, I yeah. love podcasting. Yeah, you actually I think you enjoy the process of having a podcast more than I do while I just sort of like coming up with ideas and editing I like being behind the scenes but people I think sometimes forget that you're actually the extrovert in our relationship Hmm. even though it might seem like I'm the extrovert I'm actually not I'm the introvert and Hmm. so I often have doubts but you're the one that's like you, you love to track it. You love to read the comments. You love to be involved. At least one time every episode, there's some comment from someone who essentially says, you know, to paraphrase, we've made their lives better. Yeah. And that's all I need. Mm-hmm. I get one of those every episode and I will continue to do this until I literally need like a, a seat with a toilet because <laughs> I can't get through two hours of recording without relieving myself. <laughs> Okay, so to answer that question, I never had to convince Andy, nor did I have to convince you to do Bachelor recaps, by the way. When my my writing gig with Flair fell through, we had already at that point gotten so many requests to recap on the podcast. Well, our producer also, Gabby, had, had our, our guardian angel, Gabby, thank you, Gabby, had for months and months been like, why don't you guys do recaps? And we resisted, we resisted, yeah. we resisted, like, no, we don't need to do that. We're yeah, a relationship yeah. podcast. Put it this way. The franchise gives a lot of room for mockery. (laughs) Well, that's the thing about The Bachelor Recaps is even though it might not be our favorite content to produce, Mm -hmm. I actually think it's one of the best avenues for your sense of humor to come out. Mm, Yes, I enjoy humor. (laughs) You do enjoy humor. I didn't have to convince you to do those. 
No, I, I had to convince myself. <laughs> yeah, I think at that point you had gotten enough requests and there was enough encouragement from Gabby who insisted it would really help our growth. Yeah. And you were like, just sort of gearing yourself up. It was not me. I did not no, force not, you to do it. No, it was it. not her. Because I think people think that I coerced you into recapping The Bachelor with me, which was so not what happened. I am proud enough to admit I did not get coerced. No, you simply convinced yourself. <laughs> you have both alluded to couples turning down being on a love fest. Ah. Is there any more you can share regarding that? And are there any Bachelor couples you haven't interviewed but would like to? I don't think we should give names. No. We're classy like that. But if you do turn us down, you will be destroyed. <laughs> if only we were so powerful. We will crush you. Honestly, this ties back into what we said earlier, which is that I feel like when you start a podcast, it's a lot of asking for favors. And that has been the biggest challenge. I think if I were to say the single thing I despise most about having a podcast is reaching out to bachelor couples yeah, to come on the podcast. I've, de I've described it to Andy as demoralizing mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, our podcast is far smaller than a lot of these people are in the, you know, in the mm -hmm. pop culture world. And if a couple chooses to come on, it's because we have some kind of relationship or yeah. they, they know of me or us or whatever. They're not gaining anything by coming on our podcast. And to be honest, a lot of these people who have a million plus followers their relationship is a story but unto I, itself. But I disagree with that because I think if you have a bachelor extended relationship, mm -hmm. um, you would want to prove to people that this is actually a real relationship. Because people might be like, oh, that's a bullshit relationship. And I think there's no better venue than Dear Shandy <laughs> to do that on. Yeah, but I also think a lot of these people, they could write People Magazine and be like, do you want an exclusive? We're coming out about our relationship or we're opening yeah, up about Yeah, but People Magazine whatever. doesn't give them the Dear Shandy treatment. <laughs> yeah. Suffice to say, if there's a big Bachelor Nation couple that you have wanted on, trust me, you're not the first person to request them. And trust me, we have reached out to them. Yeah. And that's what makes it demoralizing is when you reach out to someone who you think could say yes and they just don't even reply to you. And you're like, well, I feel like shit. Yeah. <laughs> Especially mm -hmm. since we really try to make the love fest a safe place. Like yeah. we make it clear that if they don't like something, we can cut it. We want them to be happy with the product. It's not a scary interview no, where you we're can, looking as to get a love them. fest, as a couple coming on a love fest, you, the couple, are the only ones you can sink yourselves. <laughs> we will not do it. We will not even give you an entree to sink yourselves. You will have to try. But if your relationship is terrible, it'll probably come through. Though we haven't had one of those yet. Yeah. And all of our love fests have been with people. We at the end, we're like, yeah, this is good. Well, and what's funny is you often joke that a love fest interview, even though we like to call them double dates, is just a bunch of softballs. Like, oh, yeah. Just such easy softballs. <laughs> it's like beach balls. <laughs> It's like beach balls with one of those like child, big, giant, fat red bats. Like Nerf. Yeah. If you miss it, you're you're broken. It's over. Just call it quits. But some couples just they don't reply, and they sometimes they're people that I know and have met, and I'm just like, huh, well, yeah, well, that doesn't feel out of, good. All due respect, maybe they know deep down that their relationship is not capable of withstanding the onslaught of a dear Shandy questioning. Maybe. But I, that's my least favorite part. Or they just don't, they don't think it's worth their time. <laughs> I think that's part of it. You know, their relationship is part of their brand often. Yeah. And 
these are people who just have so many followers or are so relevant or whatever. Well, it's very exposing. It is very You are exposing. not, like, as much as it's softballs or beach balls, yep. it is exposing. There's no way to lie about a bad relationship yep. on our love fest. Mm-hmm. You can't just get on and be like, well, we have a terrible relationship, but we got this love fest. Let's just make it look like it's good. People will see through that. I mean, the love fest, truly, like, the idea... Like when I had this idea back in August mm-hmm. about 2000. Great idea, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. That this, was her idea. This is my light bulb moment. Yeah. But it was really that I wanted it to be the ultimate show. Don't tell. Like you can tell everyone how great your relationship is. And, and Instagram, how great your oh, relationship yeah. is. Oh, yeah. Oh, you can post a happy, happy photo and let the photos speak for your relationship. Everyone's laughing in those photos. <laughs> but, Always laughing. So much laughing. <laughs> so much laughing. <laughs> but you're right. On a love fest... You can't hide nope. behind just saying our relationship is great. You got to show that your relationship is great. It's a litmus test. It is. If the pH is below seven, it's going to show up blue or green or I don't know what the pH strip does. <laughs> what is a litmus? Is it called a litmus? <laughs> I don't know. I just I don't said even yes. Know. I wasn't actually you didn't sure. You have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I should be embarrassed for not knowing no, no, that. No, 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 no. It's just that what I'm saying is if your relationship is acidic, it's going to show up as a certain color on the litmus test. And that's all there is to it. So what we're saying is that a good relationship comes up... I think... Alkali? I think it's blue is alkali. Okay. I don't know. No, a lit, a good relationship turns up neutral, whatever that neutral color is. I don't know. Maybe yellow? Okay. All you litmus scientists out there, get back to us with what color is neutral. In general, that has been more of a challenge than I thought it was going to be. Just I thought that I could rely on those relationships, which I obviously have for this per, this first year. We've gotten tons of amazing love fest guests. Amazing. Sometimes from people that I didn't think would say yes. Yeah. And I've been And sometimes from people and, I didn't think would be good love fests. Yes. It ended up being amazing love yes. fests. And I, one of my goals in this podcast mm-hmm. is to grow so big <laughs> that the love fest come to us. Ah, that would be the dream. Yeah. And then maybe we can finally get John Legend and Chrissy Teigen. Yes. One day. If anyone knows them. <laughs> John Legend and Chrissy Teigen. I know you're listening. I actually know you're not listening. But. Uh, so I don't really feel like I should say the couples that we would want to within Bachelor Nation because I think it'll be clear then that those people have not said yes or not responded at all. So yeah. I'm just I'll let you. Come to your own conclusions, but suffice to say, if you've been actively requesting big Bachelor Nation couples, we know. <laughs> we know. Yeah, we know. Yeah. We're aware. Yeah, we're aware. Oh, yeah, we know. Okay, next question. What sorts of questions do you not enjoy receiving? Are there some commonalities with questions that don't make it on the pod? I'm going to take my jacket off for this one. <laughs> Andy's been waiting. Oh, my God, you're so sweaty. I'm so hot. <laughs> Uh, this is why I wear a white v-neck. It really airs things out. But it's so sweet that you did that. I asked Andy to dress up for the occasion, and this is how much he loves you guys. If you had any idea what kind of moisture is happening on the back of this jacket. Give me that the jacket. sacrifices I make. Oh, so sweet. You can roll up your oh, sleeves. Oh, yeah, there we go. Oh, God. <laughs> Very good. Get this rolled up here. Roll up my... Oh, sorry. I roll up my sleeves. So I'll answer this one because I think it's more so me. Well, I did all this for nothing. <laughs> no, but I mean, I'm really the one that vets questions and brings them on the podcast. You just receive. 
That's true. So I I'm will. I would say the there's like main reasons. The f the first one and first and foremost is. Is repetition. So if we feel a question is too similar to questions we've already gotten, it's just not going to make the cut. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Excuse me. Do you feel the need to change into a white V-neck? No, not not quite. Okay. It might get there. It's, it's, I'm going to turn this into a, sort of a white V-neck. Okay. It might go down slowly. Okay. So first, repetition. Just mm. if we feel that it's too similar to questions we've answered, then it probably is not going to get chosen yeah a major one is length yeah major you can't think, write a novel yeah i think some people because we say we really want details and specificity but sometimes people really take that to the next level and they write a novella yeah and we would simply spend the entire episode on your one question to be clear you can be specific but also concise yes yeah, and so length is an undoing for a lot of questions, unfortunately. That's not what she said. Anyway. <laughs> um, another major one is when questions are not situational. So it's like, it's like, how do I overcome my blah, 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 yeah, yeah. which to me is more of a like therapy question. Exactly. We're not therapists. We're not therapists. We're not marriage or family counselors no. or therapists. And there are times when I'm just like, I don't feel qualified to answer that question. Like you should seek a professional to answer that. So there's that. We prefer a situation. What sh should I respond to the guy? Should we stay friends? Should we do yeah, this? If we did the general questions, we'd be done with Q and A's in like a week. It would be over. Like we want the, your specific situation. Your story, yeah. Concise. Yes. Also, when people have like five to 10 questions at the end, so they'll have like a long email and then they'll have point form. I'm not kidding. Anywhere from five to 10, blah, what should I blah, blah, blah. And then should we also blah, blah, blah. Like I think it's possible to ask too many questions to the point where, where do you even begin? Yeah. And then finally another reason i would say this is the fifth and final reason is when there is no question so you tell your story and then it's like what is the question what's your concern mm -hmm. we actually had that in a recent q a where she outlined her whole story and then i followed up with her because i liked her story and i said if you had to distill this into one question what would it be i think a lot of people sort of miss that part they're too wrapped up in telling their story and then they yep. don't actually ask the question agreed yep okay which caller question has been the hardest for you to answer? I know mine. Do you want me to go first? Definitely. Okay. So for me, it still haunts me to this day, is caller Alice in episode 14, to tell or not to tell. Whether or not Alice should have told the girlfriend of the guy, and she was the other woman. Oh, yes. Because we were, and I remember I was, you know what's neat about the podcast is you really are your yourself in the future. At the time, I was so torn. I was 60, 40, 70, 30. And to this day, I feel the same way. I'm still torn on that question. I'm not. <laughs> Which I think unto itself shows your answer to this overriding question. I think you stand by all your answers. I've never regretted anything I've told a caller, ever. Wow. So be that confident. As a matter of fact, I've regretted not going hard enough. <laughs> I'm not leaning in fully to yeah. what I believed. Relationships are super complicated. Yes. But fight, knowing when you're in a good relationship is not. It's unbelievably simple. 
Maybe the simplest thing in all of life, the most black and white thing you will ever experience in life is knowing you're in a good relationship. And if I have to give extremely tough love to people who are clearly not in that good relationship, I want to give that. And sometimes I hold back because it's just too much. Yeah, you it's feel too bad. Hard. Like I'm being, I feel like I'm being a jerk. It's no different than being a really good friend to someone who has terrible breath. Yeah. Do you tell the person that they have terrible breath? And that's a ge general example. No, it's a like, great, it's just it's a like good example. Breath, breath, whatever, some other thing that you can do something to possibly make a little better. And you don't say anything. Yeah. Well, you don't want to hurt their feelings, yeah. even though it might, it will not might, it will help them. But do you want to be the one that makes them feel so awful in that moment? You, as a good friend, should try to make their life better. And what better way to make their life better than to tell them about a thing that's clearly making their life worse <laughs> in no uncertain terms? So my answer to that is there are times that I regret being too soft when I knew 100 percent that the relationship was dead on arrival. <laughs> Good answer. Thank you. Uh, I'm so envious of that confidence. It's not really confidence. It's just that I know what a good relationship looks like. I've, I've made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. And without making all the mistakes I've made, I wouldn't know. That's true. I wouldn't know. No, that's true. I wouldn't even know if this was a good relationship. I'd be like, maybe I could do better than this. Yeah. I know I can't do better than this, but I've done everything worse than this. <laughs> Every imaginable combination of worse than this, I've been there. Okay. This is a Game of Roses reference. Oh, wow. How many hooju or leg wraps have you done in your relationship together? So that's when we run and jump and I would wrap my legs around you. And the answer is a giant zero. Unfortunately, my very thin legs. I don't know if Andy could tolerate handle. A, 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 what's it called? <laughs> is it clear that I don't know? I, I have no. Andy is very strong, but for his size, but I wouldn't say that I could run and launch myself. No, I have a strong upper body, but my support. <laughs> situation i mean look at this his the, legs are so small okay. hands how many guys you know can do this look i'm touching the thickest part of my leg touching the thumbs and the middle fingers <laughs> the answer is no no yeah. hoojus for us no i could do it if a, my life depended on it if someone was like your whole family will be killed if you don't do this yeah no you could it's just that we don't feel the need to do yeah, that i would probably throw out like nine discs i'd be permanently disabled <laughs> but i could do it and it has nothing to do with i mean you're a, you're a slight woman you're, you're it's not i'm not saying anything it's about okay. your your general your gravity <laughs> Okay, what equipment do you use and what editing software and who edits your podcast? Okay, so <laughs> this is all me. So if it's an episode with just Andy and me, so anything here in the living room or proposal story or how we met, that's me from beginning to end. And then whenever we have a guest, Gabby does the first pass of that, but I also do another pass because I'm a psycho. So not a single episode goes out without my edit across it. No. I know Gabby uses Adobe Audition for the audio. Uh, I edit in Adobe Premiere. These are Shure SM7Bs. They're wonderful. So sweet. And one sec, let me check the mixer. Behringer Xenix Q802 USB is uh, the mixer we use. <laughs> anyone who's anyone uses a Behringer Zenith. Zenith? <laughs> Xenix? 
Okay. Curious if you record things that never make it to the published episodes. Like, have you had questions from Q&As that don't get included or have had a caller with whom you never shared the conversation? If yes, what factors determine their exclusion? It's rare, but it's happened. Oh, yeah. It didn't arrive anywhere. There was a journey that it got... Someone got lost or fell down a ravine. Like it was, it didn't go anywhere. Yeah. I would say those first few months with caller episodes, we underestimated how much it matters to have the right personality yeah. of person calling in because they could have a great story. But ultimately, if they're not comfortable with being on the podcast, yeah. then it doesn't matter how great their story is. They're just not going to be comfortable. So a great example of one that got cut, and this was actually well into the podcast, mm-hmm. this one. It was a caller who revealed pertinent information partway through, but didn't want it included because her friend listened to the podcast. So even though she was anonymous, she knew her friend would be listening. And this information completely changed our answer. And... And she didn't want it shared, so we have to respect her privacy. But it was this kind of situation where, like, we just spent an hour and a half talking to you and we can't use this. Yep. So that was really frustrating. Things like that are super frustrating when people are like, oh, but by the way, there is this detail. And you're like, (laughs) we needed to know that and we need to address that. And if they don't want us to, then it will likely just get cut entirely. But it's rare. We've only we've only cut like maybe what, four Four or five callers ever? Yeah. Well, and honestly, three or four of those were in the very, very beginning. Yeah. And it was before we started just vetting for that. Like there was an yeah. element of just being comfortable with coming on a podcast. Not everyone's going to be comfortable. And, and as we said, most people are not, honestly. It's probably not that dissimilar from how they vet reality TV show folks. Because you, they probably do a screen test where they're just like, so tell us about your day today. And ultimately... It does come down to comfort because if you're comfortable with having your voice on a podcast, which by the way, almost no one can recognize voices. So unless really all your friends listen to the podcast. Or unless your your ex-boyfriend's in the CIA and he's like a a, a voice detector. (laughs) Yeah. It's just funny how we've had people ask if we could change their voices to make them unrecognizable. I'm like, (laughs) trust me. We should do an episode (laughs) like, I have a dating relationship (laughs) problem. <laughs> My boyfriend's an asshole. <laughs> he never buys dinner. <laughs> and he's terrible in bed, also. Did I mention that? <laughs> I really like that. Oh my God. But. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, when I got that request, I was like, okay, you should just not come on. And that's okay. You know, there's a reason why we have the Q&As now is because a lot of people don't want to come on. Anyone who has come on as a caller knows by now that you are now vetted by Gabby. So Gabby will call you on the phone and just chat with you to get a feel for your comfort level. And if you just don't seem like you want to come on, yeah. it's just not a fit. And it's yeah. totally fine. Like, it's it's no hard feelings, hopefully, either way. It's just not everyone wants to, to talk with us. And that's as, as understandable. totally understandable. Totally understandable. But yeah, in the early stages, several calls got cut. Like the call we did with Caroline, which was episode number two, that was our first call ever, was actually the fourth call that we did. We were trying to put our best foot forward and Caroline was just like, she was electric. And we were like, this is our first caller. Yeah. And as for Q&A questions, if those get cut, it's actually rare 
they used they got cut more in the early stages mm. when we would go way over time and just do too many questions yeah, and yeah, then yeah. we'd have a two-hour episode and be like that's way too long and so then i would have to it was painful i would have to be like oh this this just isn't as good as the other one yeah, so yeah, we just yeah. get cut but nowadays we've gotten really good at just rolling and using every question we end up choosing in the first sure. place how time consuming is the podcast is it possible to do alongside a day job uh, I would just say it depends whether or not you do video. Yes. If you don't do video, absolutely you could do it alongside a day job. I don't even I don't I have no respect for for podcasts that only do audio. It's <laughs> not a real podcast. It's so much more work to do the video aspect we that could, I can't even put into words. I could we could literally be like taking a road trip to Canada and in the car record an audio podcast. In many ways, I regret starting with video because I don't think I could ever go back. But it's so much work to do the video aspect. It just brings so much more equipment into the mix. And you have to think about what how you look and you need ring lights and you need a good setting. It's just it's, so much work. And then editing, and there's I, no look, comparison. I, I, I can only speak for what I see because I don't edit the video. But I can say that the difference between doing just audio and doing audio and video is the difference between eating a sandwich and making the meals for a large wedding. <laughs> it's a lot more work. A lot, lot, lot more work. If you're wondering why more podcasts don't do video, that's why. It's so much more work. Yeah, good Period. luck. Yeah. Okay, so this one's for me. Charlene, do you miss written recaps? I personally love the pod with Andy Moore. <laughs> um. I miss the comment section only. I really like my pandas are my people and the comment section on my blog is just I miss that because YouTube is just not the same. Mm. Although I do think a lot of pandas have come over and I, I see you in the comment section on YouTube. Oh, yeah. But in terms of writing, no, I cannot stress enough how little I miss it. I did it for a long time. I don't miss you writing them. yeah i toiled away at that and now i toil away at something else but it's something new you know i just wrote for so so long so no i don't miss writing them at all oh i can vouch for that <laughs> do you think your marriage would have been the same without the podcast and has it brought you two closer i think it's a testament to the strength of our marriage that it hasn't pushed us further apart <laughs> yeah. I agree. You know, whenever you do anything with your partner or even a close friend or like yeah. any kind of business venture, it's going to be challenging. Yeah. And it has been for us at times, but I would not say it has pushed us further apart from each other. No. We've just sort of learned things about each other mm -hmm. throughout it. Mm -hmm. But one thing it has not done is brought us closer together. No, it's neither pushed us apart nor brought yeah. us close together. And I think the best you can get is hasn't pushed you further apart. Yes. Yeah. If you can start a business with your wife or husband and it doesn't push you further apart, that's a success. Mm -hmm. I feel like the answer people probably want is, oh, yes, this has brought us closer. But honestly, we were plenty close before and we're no closer yeah. now than we were a year ago. I don't know if I want to be closer to you. It's going to get weird <laughs> if it gets closer. And do we think our marriage would have been the same without the podcast? Yes. Yeah. It's just like a different dimension. It's like yeah. another flavor. Yeah. I think you'll like this next one. How do you really feel about doing ads? 
I don't we love bad. them. <laughs> don't you, feel bad. Yeah, about we it. love doing ads. I as long as I like the product. Yeah. I love doing ads. That's the thing is, I would hate doing ads if I didn't want to advertise the product that we were advertising. Well, that's the luxury of what we do. Like, yes. if I like the product, I, I'll talk about it all day. Yeah. I'll spend an entire hour telling you why you should have this and I don't need to get paid. <laughs> the fact that, you know, we get paid for it and it helps to float this podcast makes it all the better. Yeah. And honestly, we have turned down many brands. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So... Basically, if you hear us doing an ad, we're happy to do it. And oh, yeah. we, we actually enjoy it because we do get a lot of freedom. We can kind of riff and talk yep. and do whatever we want. All you really have to read verbatim is those closing lines where we provide the code or the URL. Yeah, yeah. The, the deal you're getting. But the thing is, is just to be clear, you don't have to agree with our taste, but we will never advertise something that we don't like. Yes. That's a guarantee. Yeah. Most we have too much shame. <laughs> For better or worse. Favorite and least favorite episodes. And what has been the most challenging episode to create? For me, my least favorite, I don't want to name it, but I'll put it this way. When you don't like an episode, we probably already felt that way about the episode when we sent it out. Yes. (laughs) I'm going to put it delicately. I would say that another challenge of this past year has been learning how to interview. It's not like I had any experience interviewing or you either. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's one particular episode that comes to mind where the quote unquote interview just, I want it to feel like a conversation, but this truly needed to be an interview to be kept control of. And it just got away from me. And it was a really big learning experience for me. And I didn't feel good about it after, like the second we stopped rolling, I did not feel good about that episode. And lo and behold, you guys didn't like it either. (laughs) Every episode that we really don't like, you guys don't like. Yep. (laughs) So... Yeah, yeah, we we see each other, trust me. How about you, Andy? I mean, I know mine. Are you going to say it? It's the astrologer episode. (laughs) I mean, you guys wanted that episode. So most challenging to create was by far and away, like no episode even comes close as Nick and Natalie. That Mm -hmm. was really difficult on just on many levels. You know, I think in general, people overestimate how much power and control we have you know like we said earlier a lot of it is asking for favors if someone's coming on our podcast it's not really our place to make them uncomfortable with the questions we ask and so there was first that and then it's not a 60 minutes interview no this is like we're friends (laughs) yeah where there's 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 a friendly open environment yeah this is not a hard-hitting questioning yeah yeah especially if your friends are giving you an exclusive peek into their relationship. If they're generous enough and willing to be that vulnerable, who are we to say, oh, now that you're here, we're going to hit you with zingers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not the place and time. So that was really challenging in the moment. And then also, of course, after we released the episode and also just from a technical standpoint, it was my first time with four mics in the apartment. We had four cameras. We had countless ring lights. Ooh, that was a lot. We borrowed a chair from our neighbor. Yeah. We had two mixers, two laptops. It was just so fucking hard to put yeah. that episode together. I, it took years off my life, that episode. And, and well into the response, weeks after the episode went out and how it was received, I'll just say that that was easily the most difficult episode we've ever done. 
both from an emotional and technical standpoint. Very challenging. Yeah. Okay. I have two more and then we'll wrap. Okay. Yeah. When Charlene brings up exes, like her six, seven ex, and using them to relate to stories, does it bother each other? <laughs> Andy, did that reference bother you? And if not, why? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny how it's if not, why? Like, why <laughs> didn't it bother you? And also, you know what I find hilarious is I've brought up exes countless times, but for some reason I brought up that I had an ex who was six, seven, and so many people commented on it. Mm. And you know what that tells me is that people have this like <gasps> about height. I'm more I'm more intimidated by width. <laughs> by girth? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not. It doesn't bother me at all. No. I, there's no, I feel extreme confidence in my relationship, and I don't care i get i i'd love to hear about her exes because it reveals more about her being charlene it reveals more about your uh you who you are yeah same same with you i love oh my god i'm like on the edge of my seat with your dating stories i'm like <laughs> tell me more about her i want to know more about her what was she like like i want to know everything you really and look, are good about that that's not for everyone i get that yeah. i just think it's funny the wording of this question if it didn't bother you why i think the question more so should be if it does bother you why I am bothered if you don't tell me stories about your exes. Listen, <laughs> I'm wondering, wait a minute, why shouldn't she talk about that ex? Something going on there? I think jealousy can very easily become a cancer in a relationship. And I would implore everyone listening to think about that. We have not implored enough <laughs> on this topic. Yeah. Jealousy is the ultimate cancer. The ultimate cancer. And it gets worse. Yeah. Jealousy does not get better. It gets worse. And as a man, just some advice as a man... Even if you are jealous, don't let on because it just shows a lack of confidence. Yes. All right. I think Word we're to the wise. <laughs> okay. And last question. But that being said, I'm not jealous of your oh, guys. No, because you know who I'm talking about. You know why it ended and you know why, why it worked and why it didn't work and all the things. It's so funny to me that people are like, oh, he's 6'7". Andy, are you jealous? I'm uh, like, what I, about all the other exes I've mentioned? I actually want to be friends with all your exes because anyone who dated you, I feel like I would have a lot in common with. It's like vetting friends for me. Actually, that's what's funny is you would really like him. I know and I would. And all my exes. and the Except one, the one you hated. Even he. Oh, I would like him too. Yeah, honestly, even the one that I didn't, you know, we had a very tumultuous relationship because you wouldn't be in a relationship with him and obviously had a lot of redeeming qualities, which is why I was with him in the first place. I really think you would like him. I've met a few of your exes yeah. and we're buds. Yeah, one in particular, you are full-blown. Lifelong friends. Like you guys text more than I, I text him. Yeah. yeah, lifelong friends. Yes. And I know that they've been pre-vetted. Mm -hmm. Everyone you've dated... I'm going to be friends with. Yep. We have the same taste in people. Yeah. Yeah. And all of your exes that I've met, I like. Right? Isn't that funny? I have Margie's phone number in my phone. Is it funny or <laughs> is it expected? Well, that's, that's the thing. Why is the norm that that's funny? And look, to each their own, if that's how you want to function in a relationship, great. But I think it's a waste of energy, bandwidth, and Self-esteem. You're just bleeding self-esteem when you choose the path of pointless jealousy. When it comes to exes, I would say, think about what Jesus would do. <laughs> what would Jesus do? Jesus would be nice to exes <laughs> and embrace them. Yes. I mean, at the end of the day, exes really do shape who you are. And they color what you end up looking for. And they are a major reason why you're in the relationship you are 
today. Agreed. Okay, I have one last one and then we'll close. I think this one's perfect to wrap on. Please tell us your top five New York City restaurants. I know that's difficult. So however you'd like to interpret this question, I'll respect it. Ooh, that's a mean question. Why don't they just keep asking me about my personal life? (laughs) All right, so I'm going to go... Pearl. Pearl, yep. Pearl Oyster Bar on Cornelia in the West Village. I hope, are they still open through COVID? I don't know. Things are looking a little grim, but I'm going to assume that they're going to reopen. Yeah, Pearl Oyster Bar is where we had one of our first dates, but it's not just for sentimental value that we love Pearl. No. They make the best lobster roll you've ever had in your life. I think Ipudo. Ipudo is Japanese ramen. There's two locations Mm -hmm. that's to die for. We take a lot of -of out-of-towners there. You will wait in line, but it's worth it. A hundred percent. I think Ferns. Yeah, this is an interesting choice. It is an interesting choice. Not not everyone's cup of tea, but we love the Impossible Burger there. Yeah, well, and as you know, we've brought many people there. Many. And as a matter of fact, Derek and Saffron met there. Met there. Because of our love of Because of our love of vegan burgers. Yeah. And they are now engaged. Yeah. Okay, next up, I think Mogador. Oh, excellent. Cafe Mogador. Uh, East Village. There's also one in Williamsburg. Mm -hmm. It's just divine. Mm -hmm. And finally, Otis. Yeah. Otis is to die for. Go to Otis. And I think we should include two restaurants where if you are somehow Mm -hmm. (laughs) well-connected, we've always struggled to get reservations at these restaurants. Isodi for Italian. Mm -hmm. And Bohemian for Japanese. I mean, that's, you have to know the president to get a You have to be very well-known or famous or well-connected to go to Bohemian, but we were taken there by someone who is those things, and it was amazing. I think we can name him. Okay, Nick took us there. Nick Vile (laughs) took us there. Without Nick Vile, we had no shot of getting within 30 feet of Bohemian. (laughs) All right, Andy, I think then that's a wrap for our anniversary Q&A. Ooh, just made it. Just ma- Based on how you seem right now, I feel like it might be the first and last anniversary Q&A. Yeah. No, no, no. It's a, look, I wasn't super looking forward to this one, but it, it, it was fine. Yeah. It was fine. <laughs> I, I, you know how I feel about talking about myself. Yeah. You were a good sport, though. You guys, we cannot stress enough how thankful we are for you. For real. Yep. Our shandies are our people. You're why we're still doing this. Truly, I would have quit many times over by now if it weren't for you and your support and your comments that say that we make any kind of difference in your lives. And I, it sounds cheesy, but it's really totally true. I second that. I think on that note, that's a wrap. Thank you guys for keeping Dear Shandy alive and kicking mm-hmm. a whole year in. And we hope to do you proud. We'll see you next time on Dear Shandy. Bye. Dear Shandy.